previously on the Dave and Steve show. I got the kids. I'm juggling the kids. I'm trying to tell them, you know, yeah, look at that guy. He did the thing and ha ha ha. And everybody chill out. They're going to the next match. Just all the everything you'd ever want as a 14 year old boy was there at your hands. My hands to this day have enough nerve damage that I cannot hold like a hot cup. Uh, <clears throat> well, uh, if you want to hear about my washing machine. Nope. Um, okay. No shed talk, um, no washing machine, no peach water. Uh, yep. Uh, then, yeah, no DVDs. No, no DVDs no and no backyard. Um, Otherwise, what do you got? That's yep. okay. Gust sure. of wind comes up and blows all of the stuff dripping out of the cow's neck into my open mouth. What was the name of that <laughs> company again? Anheuser-Busch. Huh. That bothers me. I just No, that sounds crazy. But I think one thing we can agree on, Steve, is that it's stupid. Shut up and raise your kid to the best of your ability, and nobody else cares. Nobody cares what happens to your kid other than you. Uh, I remember telling you, I think I was sharing with you years ago when I helped, I think my oldest son Rory was four or five years old and I had taught him to read and your response was congratulations he can now do what billions of people can do <laughs> and uh and uh I always remember what a jackass you are our love is a lie so it begins <laughs> Show number 23 of the Dave and Steve Show. I am Dave, sitting right alongside me. A mere 27 miles away is Steve. And from parts unknown, the lovely and buxom Tracy. Maybe we don't need context to just admit this is who we are. And we are off and running on show number 23 of the Dave and Steve Show. The, the clip about your hands... And the 14-year-old boy and all that. You put that together. <laughs> and so that uh, because apparently I had talked about my hands a couple times. And then, uh, good Lord. It fit well. It absolutely but, fit but well. But it was all true, though. I want to point that out. It really was. The, 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 uh, to this day, Tracy has a hard, hard time holding hot cups, as he put it. Which is a weird, it's a weird thing to say. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm going to start off by saying this. Get this out of the way. I'm not doing this to complain. I'm telling you guys right now, I'm going to be jockeying the, the volume knob on my microphone quite a bit this show because I'm going to be clearing my throat quite a bit on this show. If you haven't heard here in Washington State and Oregon and frankly the Northwest, we have just horrendous smoke right now from the various fires that are raging all over the place. And it's it's something we talked about just before we went on the air. I'm, I'm truly trying not to complain because I know people are losing homes and losing lives and all that kind of stuff. All I'm saying is if I suddenly cut out or I'm gone for a minute, it's because right now the smoke is so bad, it, it is really affecting my throat. Yeah, we're um, inside with the windows shut and not going out very much. Yeah, yeah, I've got, I've got my, uh, my air purifier going at full volume and just trying to keep everything clean. But uh, it is a weird thing because like the first few days, last week, the first few days you would go outside and it smelled like a I mean, it just smelled like a almost like a campfire. It was that type of smell, and now it has taken a much more ominous smell. It, I mean, it it has this like chemical smell to it. It's it's pretty yeah. nasty out there. It's weird because it, it 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 came from California and Oregon. It blew out over the ocean. It did something magical out there, and then blew in, 
and brought marine air with it and a weird sort of chemical smell yeah with it. yeah weird. yeah uh, so I, let's, uh, let's just dive right into the show. I, I just wanted to, uh, I've, I've had a frustrating day, I will say, because I have, uh, I, do you guys, well, let me ask you this. Do you use online banking? Do you use like auto pay, auto bill pay, all that kind of stuff? Yeah. Are you, are yeah, you sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. The reason I ask this is, you know, I know a lot of people, even in the high tech company that I work for, who are very much still pen and paper, paper ledger, doing it all that way. I am 100% digital, and for the most part, it's amazing until it goes sideways. So <laughs> I have auto pay set up on my mortgage payment, which is my biggest payment of the month. So quick little backstory. I take a certain amount of money. I funnel it off right at the beginning of the month. I put that into an, a separate saving account. It's it's a completely different bank. It's it's all handled. The, the interest rates were a lot better, so I put it there. So I've got all this money, and it, that takes a couple days if you want to move anything back. But right. I have the system down now to where I know exactly how much I can take out at the beginning of the month. I put it over in the savings account. I leave it. So the largest payment I have by far is my mortgage payment. So that gets paid every month on the 15th. And I have it set to auto pay on the 15th. But I have this down to such a science. Maybe it's not a science if I'm this bad at it. That I have, I have just enough money to basically pay all the first part of the bills. Live comfortably. Get what we need to get. And then when at the 15th, when that hits and my second paycheck goes in, that's where the mortgage gets paid from. Sure. Well, this is supposed to be just a set it and forget it kind of thing. You set your auto pay, you leave it, and it's done and fine. For the last two years, my mortgage has been paid every day on the 15th the way it's supposed to be. Bill pay comes out, all good. Today, I get a notification this morning saying... Even though it's the 14th when we're recording this, I get a notification saying, hey, bill pay has happened. Your mortgage has been paid. And I was like, oh, okay. Actually, the email said your mortgage is going to be paid today as part of the bill pay. And I was like, well, that's wrong. So I got to go back in there. So I went into the online portal. I delete that payment for today because it's not supposed to be paid today. Reset it up so it pays tomorrow. Wouldn't you know it? At three o'clock today, my mortgage gets paid out of my bank account, even though it's not supposed to. And I get it's a notification. I get a notification saying my second mortgage is going to be paid tomorrow. So I have to call the bank. It is one of those things, just like anything else now. And there's, I try not to be a conspiracy theorist, but I have all these, like, I can't imagine COVID is really affecting everything under the sun. It doesn't matter what service you call right now. Banks, I understand maybe, but any service you call right now, it says, we're sorry, due to COVID right now, our call wait times are longer than expected, like for anything that you call right now. But I call the bank, and of course, I get that message. I'm on hold for an hour and 20 minutes, finally get to talk to somebody live, and they effectively tell me it's my fault. Like, even though I didn't change any settings, even though this has never happened before, right. I obviously have done something wrong, and they're going to try and reverse the charges, but they, as in their words, may not be able to. So they've sent off this letter they're trying to get the whole thing done but is it is one of those hyper frustrating things of until it goes sideways it's the greatest thing ever and when it goes sideways it just makes you hate life so that's what i've yeah, been dealing with to undo. Yeah, yeah for for most of the day and it has just but you guys both use the online banking as well i i use online banking for certain things but for like the mortgage i always pay that myself i make sure that's done right when i need to make it happen right yeah. and 
I I don't because uh, I because I worry about exactly that. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, same that here. I uh, for the mortgage, I just don't pay it because I don't have a mortgage. Right. But I knew he was going to do I that. I did. Oh my goodness! I knew he was going to do that. I would be doing all the things I did. Can you just what? shut him off? For this I know. Part? I know. <laughs> so, so the other thing that I, and this is this is borderline Steve wash, uh, washing machine story. So I'm going to keep this brief. I promise. I had to buy a new fridge this week. So our fridge has had a number of problems. It has not been cooling things well, which is kind of what you want out of a fridge. That's, that's number one. The really. ice maker had stopped working. The water dispenser had some kind of problem with its prostate because it literally just did like a little sputtery trickle into the glass. And it took you like three hours to fill a cup of water. So yeah, we finally just shame it, though. I mean, it can't. Right. right. Yeah. So we finally just pulled the trigger and bought a new fridge and refrigerators are pretty stupid now because they come with all of the, I just want a fridge. I just want a fridge that you open up and you put stuff in and the stuff gets cold inside. But all of the fridges now that we found out, they all are Wi-Fi enabled. Why you need to have an app to govern your refrigerator. Just go ahead. I can tell you I, now I, I am, I am team, um, bullshit Wi-Fi. I'm definitely that, but, um, I did understand why now somebody told me that they have a camera inside their refrigerator and they told me you would not believe how many times I have used that since I got it because I go to the store and I can't remember if I wrote, if I didn't write this down, if we have this and I can literally look in my refrigerator from the store and not come home empty handed. All right. right. So I, yeah, I guess that, but I to my knowledge, and now you've made me want to go check. I don't think I have a camera in this fridge that we got. I, I yeah. think, which makes the Wi-Fi even more pointless. I think it literally is just so you can adjust the, the temperature from your phone. Like it's. Oh yeah. I want to hit reverse in my car and then have the camera show inside my refrigerator. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> now we, so we just bought a refrigerator and I don't, I don't think it's Wi-Fi enabled. I was speaking in first person from mm -hmm. somebody else's uh, point of view, but I do see the value of being able to see inside, but I don't let, so, I don't so need it. speaking of and honest to take it far further, I have, I have never had luck with refrigerators that give me ice out of the front or water out of the front. In fact, I just, I never even try. You only get, use the ones that give them to you out of the back. <laughs> I have to, I have to open it up and, and take it out of the top. So, gotcha. um, but every, every once in a while, like, and I mean like every once in like, a year or so I'll watch Wendy walk up to the refrigerator and get water out of, out of the front or get ice. And I, I can't, I couldn't tell you which one it com that comes out. Cause one of them doesn't work, but the other one does. Right. And she gets it out of the front and I'm like, what the hell is that? Yeah. <laughs> what? And I'm like, that's like magic to me. So we're going to, but I don't want anything to do with it. We're going to get I'm, to, we're going to get to ice in just a second on this episode of fridge talk, but I want to, <laughs> So the fridge that we got, we just had a budget and it was a modest budget. Listen, we didn't, there are refrigerators out there that are 10 grand and yeah. are ridiculous. This is not, zero. yeah, this is not one of those by any stretch of the imagination. We had a modest budget. We just went out and we found a fridge within our budget and we bought it pretty much sight unseen. It was LG. We've got LG stuff. We, we like our LG stuff. So boom, there it is. 
it's got a window on the front of it that is smoked and you mm-hmm. can't see in and we bought this fridge yeah Steve just did the knocking. You knock on the window and it lights up and then you can see what's inside your fridge. I assume this is for environmental, like energy saving, energy conservation so that you don't you don't open the fridge to look to see what's inside. But it's really stupid. And then you knock again and you shut the light back off again. So just dumb. It feels like they're really grasping at straws when it comes to fridge technology just to make it seem kind of cool. And it's dumb. So... But the most it's awesome. It's like when the George Foreman grill started to get all gadgety. Yeah, exactly. And it had, uh, yes. yes. When it wasn't just, just an iron to like yeah. heat up your meat. Why it, does it need scissors? Yeah. <laughs> A bun warmer. Yeah. yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, so the thing that the, the piece of technology that I am over the moon about, however, is that it. So there's two ice makers. There's the one on the door, which is standard fare. Then there is the shishi ice maker in the bottom in the freezer that fills up this little tray. It only does three cubes a day, but they are giant, almost baseball size ice balls. Perfectly round, amazing ice balls. And they're clear and they look awesome, but it only does three a day. And I think the whole idea behind it, well, I know the whole idea behind it is to put it in like, you know, if you're drinking like bourbon or some type of hard alcohol you put a hard ice cube in there and it lasts a long time and doesn't water down the drink too badly we just use it for everything the problem is there's four of us and only three ice cubes a day so we're literally fighting over this thing right now we're gonna have to take a vacation away from the house just to allow it to kind of get ahead of us a little bit (laughs) so that's the only and that wasn't even we didn't even know that came with it we got the fridge and plugged it in we're like what is this thing in the bottom and in the bottom and then we started reading about it and that's that's what it is it makes these big round ice balls so that's my fridge story we're gonna move on i don't want any more fridge talk steve what did you do last week uh we went shopping for refrigerators did you really i'm not kidding we we what are the chances we bought a refrigerator i guess we are gonna go fridge talk here and we well it was it wasn't just refrigerators it was it was a refrigerator and then it was a um uh, we got a gas range, so we have a gas range coming. We've never had a gas range, so we're gonna have a gas range and a new. Um, and just because they for Labor Day weekend, you get the um, or the whatever the big sale is, you get bundles, right? Right, so um, so we got another bundle thing, which was a it's a dishwasher, which is perfect timing because ours is dying tonight like it's dying tonight and it's going to be delivered soon but um but yeah that's that's odd that we happen to do that i um the rest of it you know i fixed the washing machine now saga's over great we we don't have to never have to talk about it yeah yeah about that that's great all finished tracy you have anything non-appliance related that happened to you this week I don't know. Do you consider this an appliance? So I discovered, well, a couple of years ago, it won't I discovered focus. that he's holding were, something um, up to the camera and it won't focus. So we can't, I think it's either, it. it's, it's either an, an arrowhead or an earplug. Yeah. It that's is what an I was earplug. And I wondered if you would recognize these. So these are considered high frequency earplug earplugs that are designed for a couple things. They're for musicians that if you, um, if you so if you play live music you can discover at the end of the night you really can't hear anything and then 
after a couple of uh, years of that, you might discover that you can't hear anything away from the uh, the place. So right. What were you going to say, right. Steve? Oh, I was. I, I just wanted to guess. You found them in your ears, and they've been in there for two years. <laughs> exactly. That was no. That isn't what it is. But I I got to thinking about. I did some research on those because what when I'm playing on stage, one of the things that I lose with earplugs is higher frequencies. So I hear everything kind of muffled. And if you're playing, if you play guitar, there's a couple of things that happen depending on the, the place that you're playing, the vocals and guitar share sometimes the same frequency and you can lose one or the other. See, this is a, I didn't know this. This is a very common, and I'm not kidding. This is a common problem for me when I play on stage is I, I tend to lose one or the other and it's really difficult for me to, to adjust. Yeah. And so, I mean, one of the things that I've gone to doing, it depends on like whatever amp that I'm using is to make sure, you know, so if anybody out there is listening, if you go to a concert, there are two sound systems that are at any concert. One is the one you hear as the audience and the other is what the stage can hear in a sort of dead environment that allows us to be able to play. Because if we can't hear what you hear and if we try, it's terrible. And so what happens is you, um, when a band is not playing well and you think that they're not, you know, professional musicians are suddenly just sucking, it's generally because the sound on the stage is completely wrong. Or and so, you'll see a lot of times, like if they had the in-ear monitor, if you've ever seen a musician with the earpiece in and eventually they just rip it out of their ear and fling it, it's because that's messed up, something's going on, they're not hearing themselves properly. Like there's, the, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And so particularly with guitar and vocals, uh, bass and some, like in some drums and bass, and there's certain things that just interfere with each other. Keyboards and bass do that too. Uh, you can't, if they... If they in the sound system on the stage, you can't hear. So what I like to do is I like to create my own sort of monitor setup. So I'm usually often miking my amps. So which mm-hmm. sound people don't like, but um, they they like to go straight out, and that would be able to give me some ability to do that. But the ability to like not just crank everything so it's just up so high, so I'm killing my ears. So like uh, yeah, I heard everything, but at what cost? And so. There's these high frequency um, uh, earplugs, but you know what I got these for? I got these for like riding on the high freeways on my motorcycle. That's what I finally got these for because I get off of a two hour ride and my ears would be ringing a little bit because of all the wind noise. And then I realized all the research, I, I I saw these like, oh, motorcycle, I'll get these. I did tons of research and never pulled the trigger all the years of playing guitar and playing live music but five minutes of research for motorcycle and I just bought these and they're the same stupid thing. Now but, I know, okay. I, I know people can't see these on the podcast, but Tracy, it's hard to see on the camera, but they look like little mini spark plugs. So my question is when they're in your ear, do they stick out a fair amount? Yeah. There, there's a handle on the out to get it. So it goes into your ear channel and there's sort so, of three layers. There's a small sort of cup, and a medium cup and a large cup so that they are sort of cupping off areas of your ear canal uh, different. Uh, do you wear do you separately. wear like a skull cap or do you wear like the full face shield helmet? Because can you wear that if you've got those sticking out of your ear? 
you can wear them with anything because they'll fit in your and they'll not come out. And they have a no, no. I meant as far cord. as like the helmet pressing on the actual. Oh, no, okay. They, okay. they go in pretty good, and so I wear them with the full skull because I'm uh, I do the whole face shield and everything right. like that. So um, it's uh, so uh, they they work great, and that's pretty much what I got. And uh, and now I, I wish I'd had them really four years because um i thought you were I gonna think... say you wish you had them for when we were talking about refrigerators <laughs> you definitely did you definitely wish yeah, i wish them uh, during fridge talk those would have worked this great but you would have anyway, taken all the, the uh all the wi-fi for, uh, talk right out of right it, but all the all the rest of it would have stayed um now tracy what i've found in um in gear when there is overlap in um between music gear and um, other gear, like, so take, for instance, like SKB cases, they mm -hmm. make, um, high end, like golf club cases, you know, hard cases. I know where you're going with make, this. They also make drum cases too. And often it's the exact same case, but if you buy it from the golf place, it's less than if you right. buy it from the music place. So what it, when you purchased these and they're the, they're the exact same um, thing, w was there a difference in price for mo uh, motorcycle versus music? There was. I will tell you that motorcyclists are getting a much better deal than musicians <laughs> yeah, are. Right. So these were $13 yeah. for the pair, these high-frequency ones. And you know that these that they claim that you can do up specialty fit ones that can be three to five hundred dollars yes and that these are these are really similar but you could get a similar uh case off of uh i'm trying to remember what would be um uh, a music site that would reverb um, yeah reverb these were about 99 dollars yeah. yeah holy yeah. cow okay so, so motorcyclists did... are getting a better deal and i probably that's why i pulled the trigger on it because i saw that the 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 range of prices were so diverse i thought well, you know what it would be it would suck to spend three to four hundred dollars on something that didn't work well but i was like for motorcycle i'm like oh 13 bucks that's fine and then when i looked i'm like this looks strangely like the ones i was researching yeah. before and sure enough they're just about the same okay uh so send me the link to those I'll yeah buy, I will. I'll we'll take we'll take this offline of let's get back to hot water heaters now i okay. want to move on <laughs> Uh, all right. Yeah. Uh, we're going to keep things going. Uh, so we haven't done one of these in a while. So I'm going to set this up very briefly. We're about to do Dave and Steve's hometown blotter. If you don't know about this for now, these are stories taken directly from the blotter of the hometown that Steve and I grew up in. These are real. They're lifted right from the blotter. I say for now, because I'm starting to try to branch out a little bit and maybe look into some other small town blotters. So we might change this from hometown blotter to small town blotter and see what else we can find. Uh, but for now, for this episode, these are straight from our hometown. This is the blotter. Crime doesn't take a break, even on the streets of any town USA. It's time once again for another gripping edition of Dave and Steve's hometown blotter. <laughs> A 25 to 35-year-old man in a black t-shirt reportedly was making a lot of noise and cussing at nobody on North Sprague Street and East University Way. Cussing. The reporting party and their boyfriend 
reportedly were using handcuffs for personal activities, but did not have the handcuff keys on Legacy Trail near Cleellum. Rookie mistake, yeah. A pig yeah. was reported in a front yard on South Sampson Street. A stray dog reportedly followed a woman home on South Mount Daniels Drive. The Aww. dog was not aggressive, but it kept pouncing on the reporting party's smaller dog, and she was concerned for her chickens. <laughs> Someone reportedly was playing clarinet too loud on South Pearl Street. A woman reportedly defecated behind a building and was then smacking the windows of a fast food restaurant on South Canyon Road. A man reportedly walked up to a vehicle and asked for a handshake. The caller said no, and the man asked, do I need to beat you up? The caller then shook his hand. A cat reportedly was stuck in a recliner on North Ellington Street. Subjects in a red pickup reportedly at the cemetery off of Douglas Monroe Boulevard in Cleelum were doing weird things. A man reported that four people came into his residence, sat at his table, and started eating on East Manitoba Avenue. A neighbor's children reportedly were throwing plums into the reporting party's backyard on Madison Avenue. The reporting party asked the children to stop, and they ran away, then returned and started throwing plums again. Free plums. An athlete reportedly was throwing a disc in the grass field in front of the music building on East 14th Avenue. And finally in the blotter tonight, a person reported that in the next door apartment, there was a mannequin that was not wearing a top on East Madison Avenue. Oh my. Modest. It, you know, I want to say something about the clarinet. For goodness sake, of all the woodwind instruments, that is not a loud instrument. How do you play a clarinet too loud? Uh, any clarinet is too loud. Well, see. Oh, see, I, am, I am pro band, okay? I've I, always found the clarinet really pleasing. I've always found it very soothing. I, I, I like a good clarinet. It, it has to be a good one. My but. first band instrument was the clarinet, and I brought it home. My dad said, here, you should listen to Benny Goodman because he played the clarinet. And I listened to that, and, I, and that was not like any clarinet I had ever heard. It didn't sound, and, and that really discouraged me. I was never good at the clarinet. I just want to point that out. <laughs> I, I give the, the clarinet a lot of crap. Um, because I, I, I talked to people that were like, yeah, I was in band. I played the clarinet. I didn't, I didn't last very long. I'm just like, yeah, there, there's been a lot of musical careers that have been ruined by the family clarinet. It's yeah. like, yeah, it's a hard it's instrument. The one the family has. And there's people that play it well. Like, um, we brought a clarinet home. It was the family clarinet of my wife's family. And she's like, oh, I wonder if I can still play this. And she put it together and son of a gun, if she didn't walk around the house playing the clarinet for like 45 minutes and was like decent at it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, okay. When I, had, when I had moved to the um, alto saxophone, and I know this is actually just, just riveting, but I noticed that like, you didn't have to cover holes with your fingers mm -hmm. and, and that changed the game for me. It's not a recorder. 
Yeah, but the clarinet practically is though. You're you're covering doggone holes. It's just a big recorder with your stupid fingers. <laughs> yeah, it really just, is. It's an oversized yeah. recorder. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> well, so there was also the um, the man that that walked up and asked for a handshake. Try <laughs> to beat you up. And then the person said no, and he said, "Do I have to beat you up?" And so he's like, "All right, here you go." Shake it. And they shook the hand and that's the end of the story. Yes. Um, and there was also the, uh, the curveball. The person was, was worried that the dog that followed her home <laughs> yeah. was jumping on top of the dog and she was worried about her chicken. And that's like, exactly yeah. how it was written. Like exactly just, how it yeah, was written. Yeah. That was, uh, <laughs> there was also okay, a weird it? one that was, it was just poorly written. So I couldn't, I couldn't quite use it, but uh, somebody reported a mask. They thought it was a mask in a tree, but they weren't quite sure. It could have been a human face, and they had seen it three nights in a row, and it was starting to creep them out. But it said yeah. it had a weird line about having diamonds for eyes, and so it was just it was too weird to to come across well. Yeah, that that's kind of freaking me out now, man. I don't want to think <laughs> right. about that. Right. Now let's talk about clarinets again. You yeah. know, what we do need to talk about is what's going on in the headlines. And now, straight from the Dave and Steve Show news desk in beautiful Anytown, USA Plaza, it's Tracy Green with this week's headlines. Our first story tonight, Tamisha Beauchamp was dead. That's what paramedics said on a Sunday. 30 minutes of CPR failed to revive her. Emergency room doctor in Southfield, Michigan confirmed the prognosis. So employees at a local funeral home were more than slightly shaken later when they watched her chest rise and fall with breath because she, as it turned out, was quite alive. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm less excited about the story and more excited about how we got to the end of it, <laughs> but, but let's, let's, let's break it. So she was dead for so technically, so she wasn't dead, but they thought she was dead. Yep, they did. Um, so the uh, the um, emergency uh, room and the the uh, spokesman for the paramedics said that uh, they had documented that thirty minutes of life saving procedures and saw no uh, visible signs of life, no vital signs, and so that uh, even with uh, a call to a doctor uh, to uh, confirm that they had done all that was necessary. Uh, they waited later um, that the family had called the EMTs back and said, I, we think she's moving around. And uh, they said, no, that's just because of the medicine that she was taking, apparently. And Tracy, then, uh, I need you to blink if you're in distress. They, they, <laughs> I'm have a gun to one of your family members. There, there is, there is uh, so in my younger days, I had no problems with, like if I had to get an MRI or I had like, I had severely injured my back as a late teen, early twenties guy. So I had to get a lot of MRIs around that time. Didn't bother me at all. Never gave me any issue whatsoever. And back then MRI machines are even were far worse than they are even now. You were in a tiny, very condensed tube that they would often have to grab me by both shoulders and kind of squeeze me together to get me in. Right. And so <clears throat> you were jammed into this thing, super tight thing right above your nose everything banging around you and it didn't it didn't bother me 
later in life, now the MRI machines are a lot better. They're much more open. They freak me out, and I have to take something to calm down. They have to give me something before they put me inside. The reason I'm saying all this is because one of my biggest fears that I have developed in life is being buried alive. Not because, oh my gosh, I'm still alive and you guys buried me, but because I'm in this tiny coffin and I am extremely claustrophobic now. And so I, when you say this, Tracy, even saying this, this yeah. story leads me right to that. And then I get freaked out. This, I saw your anxiety kind of uh, go up a little bit there, but uh, anyway, this, the good news is uh, the 20 year old uh, proved to be very alive. It's critical condition at a hospital. Uh, Southfield officials are scrambling to learn what went wrong um, with her being alive. And uh, the, family is outraged as you might imagine, imagine <laughs> they've so. hired an attorney uh to uh that is uh, known for making national headlines you want to know another big fear yeah i hate when i hear the stories of people that get put under for surgery and then can feel everything but can't scream and can't say i'm feeling everything they're they're technically still out on yeah. the table but they can feel it all that's another big fear it was like the Metallica video for one. Do you remember that? Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, on the Injustice for All album. Yeah. That because he couldn't. Yeah. He could. Yeah, that freaked me out too. I was yep. like, "Good lord." Yep. But uh, anyway, that's uh, from the movie. I think Johnny got his gun. I think mm -hmm. it was a World War One uh, movie. So, our second our second story tonight: a mid-rise building in Dallas was supposed to come down on Sunday morning, but a failed demolition left it with a distinct tilt and a nickname. The Leaning Tower of Dallas. They came up with that. That's really wow. good. That's really good. Yeah, it was. So the implosion, which was done by Lloyd D. Neighbors Demolition, was part of a the central, a 27-acre, $2.5 billion development, which will bring an office building, a hotel, eateries, and other amenities to an area just north of downtown Dallas. Uh, uh, reports say that the nearly 300 pounds of dynamite wasn't enough to topple the old building on the development site and uh they're trying to figure out what's going on because what happened is is the elevator shaft is uh landed somehow on itself and everything else fell and so uh the uh building uh president uh, demolition president Pettigrew, uh steve Pettigrew said he's blaming the timing saying the building in his word says was a concrete and steel core which undressed itself too quickly during the implosion yeah, i'll tell you they, they told me to use 300 300 pounds of demolition but but i said we needed 350 but they said they were only gonna they're only gonna pay for 300 they only had enough in the budget for 300 so what they did was they they told me to go out and they told me to take a take one of them uh one of them sledgehammers and take the corner out with sledgehammer and then and then just let it let it lean over a little bit and then then just let it come down with the 300 but i'm telling them 350 would have done it but they didn't they would not put it in the budget and i'm not going to foot the bill i'm not going to foot the bill for 50 50 50 dollars worth of dynamite 50 pounds worth of dynamite. i'm sorry I, I can't hear you what was that the, the best part of Australian all this accent. is when you did that accent you bellied up really close to the mic and so it sort of overloaded the mic and in doing so, it made it sound like a recorded newscast of this person. <laughs> like, it, it could not have been more perfect. There are going to be people out there who, until we get to this part where we're saying that was Steve doing that, they're going to think we played a clip. <laughs> they're going to think that was a clip, yes. <laughs> well, good. So, 
something I don't know about uh, Steve Pettigrew when he talked about the, the building, he said that basically it undressed itself. And then he said, the skirt came off the core. He continued. The skirt uh, is the, the uh, larger part of the, uh, is large part of the outfit of, of what we say a building is made of. You got the shirt, you got the bra, you got the skirt, you got the stockings, and then you got the shoes. And sometimes the shoes are stilettos and sometimes they're not stilettos. Sometimes they're flats. Okay. And this one has flats. And if you have flats and a skirt, it's real bad. If you only have 300 pounds worth of demolition. And that's why we needed the extra 50 because this had a full bra. It had a full top, had a full skirt. It had leggings with the little, with the garter belt, right? Yeah. This building had a garter belt yeah. and, uh, and flats. And that's what, that's where, that's where we all went wrong. So, yes. And so Pettigrew continued, he said this left the elevator shaft standing perfectly erect and leaning off to one side. Yeah. And you don't want to get the skirt off and find out that something's standing erect. <laughs> yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know. Story number three, the idea of using a public bathroom with see-through walls may sound like the stuff of nightmares, but a famous Japanese architect is hoping that to change the view using private colors and new technology to make restrooms in Tokyo parks more inviting. I saw this. I saw, I saw the demo of it. They have one up and working. So when you're inside, you basically press a button and it makes all the windows go opaque. And then right. if you press the button again, they go transparent and they're just like clear open windows. Now, have you seen those public restrooms where they've had, you know, nefarious activities going on in them oh, or yeah. possibly drug activity? And so that they are using two way, kind of a two way uh, mirror kind of thing where you can't see in. But when you're you can look out and everything looks fine. Yep. And so everybody kind of has that sort of psychological feeling that they're being watched. So this is going to end up in like six or seven, like B, um, B comedy movies. It's good. That joke is going to show up yeah. where, where it, it, you know, comes to become see-through and you see what's going on in there and it'll be some, yep. you know, thing. I, yeah. I, so for the trade shows that I had to go to back when we went to trade shows before the virus, uh, a lot of them were in Southern California in the Los Angeles area. And so my company would send me down there. You never picked your own hotel. They just they got a block of rooms at a hotel and you stayed at the hotel. And one that we stayed at in Los Angeles was called The Standard. And The Standard, what we found out later, we didn't know this until, you know, about halfway through our stay there, was a big, it's, it's a, and this is, I'm, uh, they told me this at the hotel, so I'm not saying anything derogatory or anything. It's a very well-known big gay hotel. We mm. didn't even know this until... You start to put things together after a while. You understand that they're very welcoming and all that because you see like now you start to notice the oh, there's a rainbow portrait in everybody's room. And oh, there's all these things where when you put it together, you're like, oh, OK, now it's starting to make sense. But one of the things that they that the guy at the front desk told us was he said there are some kinky touches to the rooms and I'll let you find out what those are. Well, one hmm. of the ones that I very quickly found out because it was hard not to see it is Imagine any hotel room you've ever stayed in. You walk through the door. There's a bathroom door immediately on your left or right, right as you go through your hotel room door. You step past the bathroom, and you're now in the room with the bed and the TV. The, the wall that separates the bed from the bathroom 
is typically just a standard plaster wall with sheetrock or whatever on it. This one was clear glass. And on the other side was the shower. So when you were in the shower, you could see right into the, you could see the bed clear as day because it was just clear glass. And whoever was in the bed could see you in the shower. And there were no curtains. There was no nothing. I felt uncomfortable in that room by myself showering <laughs> with nobody else in the room. And I cannot imagine the horror of my wife laying on the bed just trying to watch some TV show and she's got her hairy ass husband soaping up his balls through the clear glass just she leans, to the left of her leg. She leans back and knocks on it and says, Johnson, put him on the glass. Yeah, right? Put him on the glass, Johnson. Right? It, it was the most... You have to be in such immaculate shape and so well endowed to use a shower like that. Because if not, I would just be self-conscious the whole time. I, I really, I really, I felt like I needed to go get some like blackout paper and put it on the outside, even though nobody was in the room with me, just uh, in I, case. Drunk. That's what, that's yeah, what, right, really right. what you're saying to say. Right. Everything you just said is a different word for the word drunk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, you need to be drunk yeah. to be able to do that. So, so transparent walls can address uh, both of these worries. So the, the, both the worries that we talk about cleanliness and the second is whether anyone is inside. And do you guys have a little bit of a phobia about like, whether you're at a party, a house party or anything like that, where like somebody is in the bathroom? Oh yeah. If somebody's there and you try the door, knock yeah. multiple and, and, times and, and people don't use like the the they don't use like a like if if you leave the bathroom that's being shared like you leave the door open as an indicator that no one's in there right right exactly and maybe the light off right but somebody will close the door and leave the light on so and then you, you see it under the doorway like, yeah 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 <laughs> that's and somebody you, that just wants to watch the world burn right i yeah. i was i was at um, a house party many, many years ago. And I went into the bathroom and there was a gal on the toilet and the, the, for one, whatever reason the the counter was very high. And I, I don't know whether she was short or the counter was high, or maybe I was drunk. It was many, many, many years ago, but was her head was peeking up over the counter and she looked like a Muppet <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> with, with like her surprise. And then I was like, you know, sorry, sorry. Yeah. And, you know, and, in, so uh, with these I, with these public bathrooms though that you're talking about in this story, the only way I see these working is if there's a button on the outside and a button on the inside because mm -hmm. either because and I don't quite know how this resolves itself because the person on the inside, if they wanted to be an exhibitionist, could could easily turn it to transparent and then take a dump in front of everybody. <laughs> the people on the outside need the ability to turn it back to opaque if they need to. But then they could also cheat the system by turning it transparent, like, you know, the kids running by and slapping the button and running off so it's transparent. That never occurred to me. That never occurred to me <laughs> to just, like, close the door. Because it says, using a new technology, we made the outer walls with glass become opaque when the door is locked closed. So you just, like, let the door Leave just it be ajar. a little ajar. Yeah. And then uh, everybody sees your toilet pickle. Yeah. Yeah. It's is the is the toilet acrylic like see-through acrylic because that that would be a real treat oh oh, oh no oh my God. horrible terrible story number four three stranded mariners were rescued from a 
remote island in Micronesia on Monday after search crews spotted their SOS message written in the sand. The third person crew or the three person crew of a skiff that had not been heard from since July 29th and had been reported missing. Uh, the Mariners were reportedly sailing a 23 nautical mile journey uh, to the uh, Pulapa Tolls in the Federated States of Micronesia in Western Pacific. And when they sailed off course and ran out of fuel, so both Australian and U.S. military aircraft located the castaways on a beach uh, on an island on August 1st, according to the United States Coast Guard. This is one of those things. It, this is truly one of those, like, you think this only happens in movies kind of thing. And then you see the pictures of the SOS that they wrote on the beach and all that kind of stuff. And it is very, it is the stereotypical plane yeah. flying over, sees the SOS on the beach and comes and saves them all. Um, but I don't. I will never get in a small-ish boat with less than five people that goes more than 10 miles off the coast of anywhere because this is this seems like it happens more often than not. The moment you get out there, you get stranded somewhere, and then you have to make friends with volleyball. <laughs> See, I am trying to put myself into these situations as often as possible um, because I think I do okay, and if I didn't do okay... That's okay. Right. Yeah. I think, I think, yeah. I think it'd be uh, all right. Have you guys seen Swiss Army Man? You mentioned this, no. and I don't know what this is. I, I, I know what it is, but I haven't seen it. I, I recommend because what would happen to me is would be in Swiss Army Man, uh, for sure. And this basically is a, a tale where you're not sure. It starts off with someone stranded on an island. Think Castaway, uh, Tom Hanks. Uh, but uh, a body washes up uh, on shore and that this body uh, becomes very, very useful as a tool um, in his eventual rescue. Uh, got it. Hence there the are surprises Army along man. the way, um, and it definitely goes in directions you would not imagine. Uh, but uh, definitely, um, I think I see myself in that situation. I don't see myself faring well, well even if I was rescued. Um, but, uh, anyway, uh, so th th from the rescuers, they said, we're on the, uh, toward the end of our search pattern. We turned to avoid some rain showers and that's when we looked down and saw an Island. And so we decided to check it out. And that's when we saw the SOS and the boat right next to it on the beach. And if you remember from the earlier episodes of, um, the Gilligan's, Gilligan's Island, Island. On, yeah, on the lagoon, the, um, uh, well, before the lagoon, the SS Minnow was part of the show, mm -hmm. and it wasn't. It wasn't until later because they used that glue that was made from um, uh, plants. So that makes sense. So, good. Thank yep. goodness they uh, caught everything them you said makes sense. Yes, I agree. Yeah, they found them before they used uh, makeshift glue to fix the boat, which would only <laughs> then make it fall apart, and they would blame yeah. the guy in the little uh, hat yep. and the yeah. red shirt. Well, how far along did they get in their society? Like it was only a few days, but did they find that it was a very, like they, they had abandoned everything from, uh, from, from where they, like, were they, where was it like Lord of the Flies yet? Or yeah, that's, where, that's where they something I'm not clear on. I don't know if they killed Piggy or not. Um, so I'm going to do a little bit more investigation on that and, uh, and I'll, I'll report back later, but that's the news fellas. All right, quick break on the Dave and Steve show. We'll be back right after this. I wake up every day and I don't know what's going to happen. 
Sometimes my boss gets fired up and calls me into his office. What's that about? I won a bunch of money in the lottery. I got really excited. What is wrong with me? Millions of Americans live with these symptoms every day. Some don't even know they're suffering. My baby cries sometimes. I can't relate, but other times she's quiet. I get that too. Sometimes I don't want pizza. Chances are that you and everyone you have met are good candidates for Gerdatin XR. March into your doctor's office and demand Gerdatin XR today. If they resist, go to another doctor. I think it's getting better. I think. I still wake up every day, but now I know what's going to happen. I'm going to take Gerdatin XR. Gerdatin XR has been proven to cause side effects in most of the users of the medication, which you still want to take it anyway. Side effects include vomiting, aging, diarrhea, constipation, constipation followed by diarrhea, winning children's board games, swollen feet, serious diarrhea, skin rash, sweaty eyes, lopsided nipples, aversion to campfire songs, awesome fingernails, 180 degree dunking, craving of chicken fried steak, hurt feelings, shingles, cancer, more diarrhea, Charlie horse, writer's cramp, water in the knee, anything the operation patient had, kite flying, clogged ear ducts, swearing, arthritis, bloating, heartburn, gas, nocturnal emission, sore throat, dry tongue, tattoos, slurpee, boondocks, duck hunt. Gerdatin, just take it. turn gray at the end of each night we get ready for work the next day chances are some of you listening right now are employed in a job you don't like either sets of circumstances or life choices have landed you in a place of employment that doesn't appreciate you pay you enough or treat you with respect the truest sense of who you are can be seen by the stories you'll be telling in the future when you talk about this bad job. Good days don't teach you much. Your grit and growth as a person is built from every day you respond like a champion to things like disappointment, fear, and having juices from a dead cow blown into your open gob. My advice to you is to do what makes a great story and then take a better version of yourself to a better job. And at the end of the day, you'll have yourself to thank. This has been Tracy's Do What Makes a Great Story Minute. Yeah, if you guys want to uh, gag, go back and listen to last week's show if you missed it and uh, go to the part where we're talking about best jobs, worst jobs, and you'll know what the, the cow thing meant from Tracy's Minute this week. I was contacted by a few people this week that heard that story and I didn't know what they were talking about. They're like, oh my God, that cow story is terrible. And I'm like, uh, a little context, a little help. I don't know what you're talking about. I thought you were talking about the uh, expired snowballs. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. All right. So uh, kids are back in school. My kids are officially back in school now. My son started last week on Wednesday. Uh, my daughter started today, so they went a little bit later. They started a little bit later than your kids did, both Tracy and Steve. Uh, but they're back now. It's all online for us. Uh, it's weird. It's going to take some getting used to. Um, but we are, everything is back. And so it got me to thinking about what it was like. I, I remember, so in the town that we grew up in, there were a couple of things that happened. One, summer obviously ended. Two, we had this big fair every year. This big fair ended the summer. It was over Labor Day weekend. And that was the signal as a kid to know that when the fair was done, you were going back to school and your summer was over and you were always depressed. And the last day are, of the are fair- Are we talking about the Ellensburg Rodeo? We are. Mm -hmm. 
the, okay. the I was la- just curious. I had a similar thing with the Monroe Fair. Sure, and exactly. Fair, yeah. it, well, and that's when we moved to the, the town we lived in before the one we're in now, it, which is the one Tracy refers to, Monroe. They had the exact same thing. The fair's over Labor Day. When it ends, the kids go back to school. And so we were, the last day of the fair was always a half day. And I remember how depressing that last half day of the fair was because you were sort of there. Oh. Yeah, and everybody's so- boarding stuff yeah, up. And, stuff's yeah, stuff's starting oh, to shut God. down. You're, but you want to be there because it's the fair. So you're there one more day, but you know that school's starting back up. It always sucked. And so I see that look on my kids' faces, even though there's this weird, we're going back to this online thing. They're still feeling the same thing. And it it is always... I didn't hate school. I liked seeing people. I was a social person, but I loved my summer much, much more. So I, I feel for all the kids out there right now. Are your kids handling it well? Yeah, my, my my kids absolutely love school, and uh, they have they have <laughs> friends, which is cool. Um, and uh, one of them is just uh, you know loves just everybody's his friend. He's a He's a good kid. The other one, he's terrible, but he has a small circle of rotten friends that he hangs out with um, and that he uh, has great affection for. So in the first couple of weeks, they're very excited. So Zach is, um, he's, he's back at it and he's, he's enjoying it. He's doing a, he's doing a good job. He actually does pretty well in this online learning thing. Um, There was one morning where, Wendy and I were, we got busy. We were, we were working and I, and I realized I'm like, I think he's still asleep, but school's happening now. And I had to go in and wake him up and he freaked out cause he, he didn't, he didn't wake up and I didn't wake him up. So I, I'm a terrible dad, but, uh, but that was, that was really the only real bump there. Um, I do get a kick out of it in the middle of the day. Um, his classes are, are happening and I'm, I'm on a conference call and I hear a <laughs> I'm like it's band time right. because he's in there playing the trombone and it's hilarious to me but uh but it's cool so it, they it's... they do their band class uh, online is that correct yeah. so yeah are they do they just use zoom they have another um they have another piece of software that they're using and I, I have to look into that because there's uh because I'm part of like the 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 music committee at school for volunteering so well I this to... is I'm asking because um you see especially now you see a lot of well known bands or well known artists who are playing with you know all of a sudden you've got I'm, I'm making this up, but Elton John, Joe Satriani, and some other Prince. Well, I guess not Prince. That'd be weird. Not, uh, wow. not Prince. <laughs> what software is that? Uh, a Cindy Lauper. There. Well, Tup- Tupac Shakur. Take yeah. out Prince, put in Cindy Lauper. Uh, all of a sudden, they're playing from their individual houses, and they're playing this song in real time, and it's it's perfect. It's all synced and great. I don't know what software they use, and I would like to know. We can talk about that offline. The point is... I, I have a couple lines on a couple different kinds. Okay, so, so, yeah. so your kid... so. Kids are doing relatively well. Um, I wanted to, I figured since everybody's going back to school, Tracy, even though it's, it's me mainly, I talk about our small town constantly, I think, but uh, we came from a very small town, but Tracy's wasn't huge by any measure. It was it was a modest-sized town as well and a modest-sized school. So I thought what would be fun is 
Steve has come up with some scenarios, and some of them are true, some of them are not, about things that happened to us or happened at our school or happened to our small-town school. And Tracy, with his small-town school knowledge, I want to see if you can suss out which ones are the fact and which one are the which ones are the fiction here so Mm -hmm. steve's gonna read these to you you just have to tell us if it's true or not true and we'll go from there all right so um dave feel free to chime in on these um as you as you get jarred into them no no (laughs) he's out i'm kidding he's totally out (laughs) fine um so there so in junior high um there was a point in um, in school where um, I came around the corner and I saw um, Dave standing there in these, you know, shorts, like he usually wears like the Bermuda type, but I mean, you know, longer shorts. Um, and this kid, Kirk B, came up right behind him, pantsed him right in the middle of, uh, in the uh, hallway. And we only had one hallway, so it was like the main thoroughfare. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> Dave just turned around and punched Kirk right in the face. Hmm. Now this is tricky because definitely pantsing in the hallway is definitely a thing. Although Dave is not one of the person to like to physically punch someone uh, in, uh, in, in, in the face. Uh, so in, in the fact or fiction, I'm going to say fiction on this. Okay. It's fiction because it happened to me <laughs> and, I, and I punched him in the face. <laughs> And it was at a dance. It wasn't in the hallway. But he did do it again <laughs> in the hallway. And then I chased him around and I, I threw him into the... Um, the now, uh, what the becomes of the guy that like pants people? Because it's amazing because when we were, were talking about the possibility of this game in show prep, I was thinking we were going to talk about school memories. And my brain instantly went to a pantsing episode coming back from PE that involved a girl yeah. named Daisha. And I was like... Uh, and I can't think, I can't see, unsee Daisha anyway. I don't, I, there's only one way I see her now. And then it's that way. Well, he, um, he's uh, still alive. And <laughs> what, what's, what's interesting is that um, not for lack of trying, like this is, this is a guy that has had so many horrible accidents happen to him, like through his life. Yeah. Um, and he, he's a good guy. Look, I, I don't have any problem with him. He's a nice guy. I've run into him a few times and every time I run into him, it's a delight. He's, he's just at the Safeway aisle there. And he's like, when he just pull, hey, damn, and pulls your pants down in the, yeah. in the grocery yeah. aisle there. But yeah, yeah not, he didn't do that. <laughs> he didn't do that last time I saw him. No, so, so Kirk has done many things. He fell out of a tree and landed effectively on his entire body, but landed mainly on his face and just oh. tore himself apart, falling out of this tree onto concrete one of my favorite stories from Steve is Steve said he hadn't seen him in a few years and bumped into him like at a supermarket or something and said, hey, Kirk, how you doing? And Kirk said nothing but just held up his missing finger on his hand. <laughs> finger. And he just said one word, Baylor. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Kirk's had a, a string of bad lucks. But Tracy, to, to what you said, so I remember two horrific and i say horrific because you never knew when or if they were going to happen to you at school and it just made your life hell because you were constantly looking over your shoulder one was the pantsing somebody was going to yank your pants down in front of everybody and the other one that went around our school big time was the nut tap 
And that is oh, literally yeah. that thing where you yeah. just walk up to somebody, you smile at them, and you give them the backhanded snap in in the dick. And yeah. it is one of those stupid high school boy things to do. It is like, but it is terrifying because you are constantly. And then when people walk up to you, you're gun shy. You're kind of twitching, moving away from them, keeping your leg up. Cause, and if they move at all, you think that's what they're doing. And so I look back on that now, not too long ago. I mean, within the last five years, I went on this sort of like camping trip with some old friends from high school and they were still doing the nut tap. Yeah. I am so past that phase in my life because frankly, I don't want to get hit in the nuts. So I'm not going to hit anybody in the nuts. Cause I and don't want to, you're not somebody that's dying to touch somebody else's nuts either. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, I, I'll touch a nut, but I, I don't want to have somebody reciprocate the <laughs> nut tap back to me again. It's such a, I don't know. Yeah, Cause once you, it's a Pandora's box, once yeah. you kind of open up that game, Correct. Uh, you have, it's like monopoly. You have to play until somebody's coughing until up blood. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> So, all right, Steve, what's the next all one? Right. <clears throat> okay. Dave, do you remember the time when we See, were in? Wait, so I got to, I got to, I have to hold a poker face because I'm afraid if this is made up, I will tip the hat somehow. If this is, so I got to basically stay here and stay stoic. And then I can, I can fill okay. in after okay. Tracy guesses. You could be throwing me off here. A... <laughs> yeah, it totally could be throwing him off. Um, the, uh, the assembly we had in the brick building, we were, third, fourth grade. I think we were third grade. And the lady came with the big patchwork hat and she had a rhesus monkey and the, and like everything was going okay. She was explaining the diet of the monkey, what the monkey did and, and what, you know, why it's important to, you know, leave monkeys alone. <laughs> and then the monkey showed us why it was important to leave monkeys alone, jumped off of her shoulder and ran around and freaked every kid out and jumped up onto Mrs. Esslinger's, uh, climbed Mrs. Esslinger's polka dot, like maroon and white polka dot dress all the way up and then got caught in her perm. Do you remember that? And she was, she was calm the whole time. She was just like, and this monkey was like pulling hair. This is, this is where like, I'm really good at this game, Tracy. And I'll tell you why, because even if this did happen, and it yeah, very well would, could no, have happened, remember it. I don't remember it. So how that, do you not remember not that? Say, it didn't happen, but don't go by me because I'm not going to remember any of this. Okay. How, so were you not there that day? Probably. I probably hell? was. I was probably, it probably jumped off of me to get into her perm. We talked about it for a while. Like it was, I remember okay. breaking off the foot peg on your GI Joe on your Cobra tank and how angry yeah. you got at me for that. I don't remember the monkey. That didn't happen at school. Let's leave the past in the past. <laughs> wow. Um, See how so, fired up he got even to this day. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, monkey? um, those were collectible. Um, <laughs> so it was a, it was a, it was a recess monkey. Recess. Right then. It's just monkey. Yes. Um, Hmm. Um, I'll hazard to say that that was probably true. It was fake. That did not happen. Right. That didn't happen. And I, I truly didn't know, Tracy. If Steve had said that was true and that really happened, and I can't believe Dave doesn't remember that, I would have been like, I guess I don't remember that because 
Steve is an exceptional liar. Right? No, Steve is not an exceptional liar. What I did is I pretended that it was real. And then I envisioned it in my head and I made it so. That's that's, I'm not an expert on lying, but that's I think called that's a good lie. Is. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, well, okay. I thought it was acting, but uh, all right. Um, so, uh, so I was in, in the fifth grade, sixth grade, False. I was in a, I was in a song and dance troupe where we all wore red, um, t-shirts and we sang old vaudevillian show tunes and did dance steps around. I was one of two boys in this 30 person um in this 30 person troop called the kittitas show kids and we traveled around and did songs for um nursing homes and other schools and whenever we did it for other schools everybody looked at us like why are they here These are these are difficult, oh, aren't they? Okay, so there's a couple of things about this that are uh, telling for me. Um, one is that um, I've seen I've seen Steve dance, and uh, it is vaudevillian, <laughs> and that he can. Let's just say he has a mean soft shoe. Um, that the fact that this is uh, yeah, this is true. This is completely true. It, it is true. Um, you other. Uh, the other dude that was in this 30 person dance troupe and uh, it was, it was um, the originator of Cecil Cola. So <laughs> Cecil and I did this for the entire, the entire thing. We did it for the babes. I didn't know and this. I didn't, or I forgot. I truly don't remember this. It's a thing you, you blacked out to allow Steve to still be your friend. I, I, what did you say the name of the troupe was? The kid attached show kids. I have some pictures of it. Okay, so um, I, I remember the Kittitas Bong Squad. I do not no. remember the Kittitas Show Kids. Well, and it I was only I feel a thing like, for like two years. Well, and, and I, I feel like later in life there was probably Bong some crossover squad. between those two. But. You know, that that is a funny team, uh, funny thing, because in the high school annual in my small town, that you when you graduated, you put the things that you were, activities that you were involved in were by your picture. And everybody would sneak in like, or not a lot of, I mean, not everybody, but there were a few kids that would sneak in like the bong team. Right. You yeah. know, yeah. and like, you know, freshman year. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So that was, uh, that was absolutely real. And I remember a lot of the songs still, and sometimes <laughs> I'll sing them out loud at home and both Wendy and Zach will look at me like I am crazy i'm telling yeah, you right now if you've mortified them that's good that's that's well done we have made a terrible mistake with this game and i say that because i should have played along because <laughs> i think tracy would be winning right now if i'm keeping score correctly okay in uh in the sixth grade dave and steve were co-creators uh, were co-creators of a comedy magazine called this end up with um cartoons and uh written essays and opinion pieces, all comedy from different members of uh, of the class that we were in. This feels true. It's true. Yeah, I still have it. Do you it's really? Good. Yeah, Dave, yeah, it's, I, I have it. I definitely still have it. Um, and that, it, it, I mean, it wasn't. That, very, that's your, that's your a... cartoons were good. 
but uh, but my my opinion piece, Steve comments on slugs was not <laughs> good. It was not funny. The, uh, the it was it was at a time when we had cracked and we had mad and we had crazy and we had all these different magazines that were like that and we decided to make our own. So I'm sure it was phenomenal. Um, so that was uh, that was that was great. It was good. It was stapled together. It was only one issue. Um, I have it. I never paid for it. So, wow. Um, so boot- all right. That's cool. So I'm sure you remember this, Dave. One of the biggest things to happen at our school was when Imogene Coca came to visit our school for an assembly because she knew one of the teachers or administrators or something. It was when we were like second or third grade. Um, we were in the smaller building, so it had to have been like second grade. Um, I think you were in Tunseth's room. Was she in the multi-purpose room? I mean, is that where so she... So we went into the multi-purpose. It wasn't that we went into the gym to um, to hear her talk to us and say funny things, which I guess she said funny things. But the thing was, was all the teachers were freaking out because they thought it was really cool that Imogene Coco was here from Hollywood and none of the kids knew who the hell she was. Now you remember from as the um, Aunt Edna from vacation, um, that gal. Yep. So none of us had seen vacation because we were all in second grade. <laughs> so um, what year did you guys graduate? 93. He's checking, he's checking to see if the numbers if they, exactly on, if the numbers match up. Uh, <laughs> Wikipedia site. Imogene Coca fast up. I am certain that on the ImogeneCoca.com <laughs> website there are pictures of her in the in the Kittitas brick building. Star gym. star of vacation and speaker at Kittitas grade school. Those are the two yeah. things listed right under her name. Yeah, and she was dressed really strange and. It was, yeah, it was, uh, it was like she had these funny glasses. I bet the kids will like these, <laughs> you know, that kind what of thing. What do you got, Tracy? I'm going to say false. It was false. She never came. That was not a thing. But uh, once again, I sat here the entire time just thinking, did she, did she really? <laughs> did like, that, is she gonna say was like, was like, that was great. <laughs> I love her. It was so. <laughs> okay. So in high school, uh, Dave sang guest vocals with an acapella group on an Oak Ridge Boys tune. What, what was the song? Elvira. Yeah, what Oak Ridge Boys song do you have in your corner pocket there? I, I don't know that I know what Elvira that I, I uh, um, acapella. Hmm. Uh, what year? What? What what year was it? Uh, I was, was a 19... junior. Yeah, yeah. So 92, 91, 92. Okay, I'm gonna say that's 92. true. That is true. He sang the um papa mau mau. The giddy up boom papa papa mau. I'm being dead serious, and I know I've said this for everyone. I was joining in on the lie because I thought that was bullshit. I do not remember singing Oak Ridge Boys a cappella, but I believe you. There's a picture of you in the high school annual doing it. Okay. Yeah. I, I, again, this is how bad, this is why I worry. This is it why was, I'm nervous because I don't was, remember this kind of, you would think 
the a person would remember singing acapella Oak Ridge Boys in these high school. These are the kinds of things I think are going to come jumping out of my mouth when I'm going to be talking about these recessed memories when I go get like my colonoscopy and yeah. they just like give me some Valium or something. And then all this stuff that has just been hit, tucked away in the recesses of my mind are just, I'm going to talk nonstop about or it. Or you'll just start going, giddy up, boom, bop, boom, bop, <laughs> bop, 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 giddy He did really well, by the way. It was with the trench coats. Right. Oh, that, um, that's fantastic. Okay. So, um, in one of our classes, um, a pig was raised, and when it was big enough, it was slaughtered, not in class, um, and we all got to take a little bit of the meat home. Hmm. And so th this was like a class pet? Is that what I'm understanding? We we raised it, and... We named it. it. Got bigger, yeah. and now, we, we got, got to got know to it. Certain, once it got to a certain size, there were farms that had to take it because we couldn't, but we had to go out on the weekends and, and like you had to, you had, you were, you had to mark off your thing on the calendar when you went right. and did it, you had to take care of it. But did, did the pig have a name? I don't, it did. I, I don't remember. And I can't remember what the pig's name was. Um, mm. it, it was, it was a stupid name too. And I, that is the one thing yeah. I cannot remember. I what have the no idea what that, come on, Tracy. Um, but I do remember we got a little bit of the pig and, and I brought it home and my mom was like, what the hell am I supposed to do with this? It's like, it wasn't the chops. It wasn't. Any, yeah. It was, it was they were literally like small, pig. small cuts of, cause I mean, we had enough kids in our class as one pig. Like it was not, it was not anything to write home about. I remember it that. It was interesting to me, but like the 4-H kids had done this every single year and they were like why do we have to do this with school as well no. but anyway. I, i'm gonna say that that sounds pretty true that's that didn't happen yeah we that was false that, that was that didn't happen yeah. no. that's, that's too bad um okay <laughs> so sixth grade year terrible snowstorm terrible snow we had an extended long winter break um and when we came back from break we came, Dave and I came back to the news that um, we had a long-term substitute for at least a week uh, because our teacher had blown his eyebrows off while burning garbage in, at his, at his home. Blew him right off his face, just blew him and he, and, and scorched and scorched most of his face. And burning garbage. The, um... And then we finally got there after the week that he was recovering. He looked surprised for about two months. <laughs> what do you got, Tracy? What do you think? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say uh, fact. That is true. That's true. He Mr. Totally Fields. Yep. Oh, Couldn't have happened God. to a nicer guy. And you know what? Um, you, you just couldn't take him serious. Like when he, when he tried to discipline you without those eyebrows, you were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, <laughs> really? You kind of need those. You kids need to quiet down over there. <laughs> okay. And he tried to discipline often. He was a, he was a monster. Ugh. He was anyway, a monster of a human being. I was so glad to see was, him. Um, it, what, it was so, like a, it was like an aerosol paint can, right? That blew up in his face. Yeah. 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 It blew up. And yeah. Uh, took both of his eyebrows and I don't I think one of them grew back I don't was, know if yeah. the other one did yeah that's um eyebrows uh don't always uh come back they're like uh 
like uh, indoor cats that get outside. Yeah, I think uh, in May he just if gave I had it a up nickel and, and pasted a dead caterpillar right across his. Yeah, yeah. All right, you got any more, Steve? Nope, that's it. All right, Tracy did well. No, he, he uh, did terrible. I think you got two right. Yeah. Uh, he was able to sniff out my BS. No, this is. I mean, this is what's. This is what's scary is that Steve was so damn good at this. Steve could. Steve could tell me just about anything from our childhood that supposedly happened, and I would I would buy it hook, line, and sinker every single time. There is, it's it's always been one of those things of Steve is a master actor, as he calls it. Actor. Yeah. Yes. Actor. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. It's terrible. We're gonna wrap things up. We've gone over an hour, well over an hour. So we're gonna wrap things up this week. Uh, do you fellas have anything to add before we kill this thing with fire? Uh, if I'm not back next week, it's because tomorrow I am making a trek across the bridge into the Metro Center of Seattle, mm-hmm. and it's the first time I've been there since uh, since the uh, before time. Yeah, so wow. I picture it. I'm, I'm I'm taking my German Shepherd Hawk and. Um, and a, a baseball bat. Yeah. I, I so he can walk next like to you. Will Smith. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't know what to expect, but I'm pretty sure that the dog is not going to make it. Yeah. So I'm All sad. Right. I'm sad about that. Cause he's a good dog. Tracy, you want to yeah. comment on your earplugs one more time? Yeah, I'm going to be using the earplugs this week, and I've discovered that the frequencies that it blocks out also uh, match the voices of my wife and my youngest child. So I'm going to be probably Handy. just using a lot of these this week. It's going to be fantastic. So I Send me wait. that link. Yep, I will. My uh, my new fridge that I bought has a guitar amplifier built into it, so I'm just going to bring that on stage <laughs> next time. It's two birds, one stone. All right, for Tracy, for Steve, we will talk to you all next time right here on the Dave and Steve Show.